It's what I like to call the Beyonce effect. Girl groups get broken up, so one is forced to shine. But these bands are based off of cartoons. Today's movies, Josie and the Pussycats versus Jim and the Holograms. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere? From a two-person band of movie aficionados. I'm John, the guitarist and vocalist, and with me is Shady on drums and guitar. Shady, (laughs) how are you? I'm good. Apparently, I have to learn guitar. Uh, doesn't everyone know Kitar already? Oh, I'm sorry. I failed. <laughs> um, so the theme of today's episodes, I, 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 I know last week I had you do this. Right. But I have two quotes, one from each movie that basically lays out what we're going to talk about. Okay. So from Josie and the Pussycats, it's be, be happy with who you are. And in Gem of the Holograms, it's never fear the unknown, create your own destiny, and use your own gifts, use your gifts to inspire people. I'm sorry I misspoke. <laughs> I didn't want to offend the fans of the Gem and the Holograms movie, all <laughs> one of you. <laughs> sorry, that was funny. <laughs> it Sure is, especially since I was, I'm going to announce it now, I was one of the dozens of people that gave it money in the theaters. You're welcome, world. All right, so we've got Josie and the Pussycats, came out in 2001. It's written by Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfont, with characters uh, by Richard H. Goldwater, Dan DiCarlo, and John L. Goldwater, it's directed by Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfont. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 53% splat rating, for whatever reason. Mm. And Metacritic gave it a 47 out of 100. Would you like to elaborate on Metacritic? Sure. Yeah, so Metacritic, that 47 is based off of 29 critic reviews. 12 of them were positive. 11 of them were mixed. And uh six of them were negative so it's i don't know how it ended up quite so low but i mean it should probably end up somewhere right around a 50 based on that so it's in the mixed review bag Um, i want those names of people that didn't like it listen all true art goes misunderstood in its time that's right you're right you're right like it's too campy they didn't get it um i mean you were typically- watching it in 2020, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh my god, I love this movie. Yeah. Oh, this is camp. I understand it. <laughs> oh, oh, it's camp, all right. <laughs> um, and according to IMDb, this movie is about a girl group find- finding themselves in the middle of a conspiracy to deliver subliminal messages through popular music. And then we have Gem and the Holograms came out in 2015. 
It's written by Ryan Landells and directed by John M. Chu. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got the perfect score of 22% splat. And then on Metacritic, it somehow has a 42 out of 100. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's based off of, hold on, let me see, 16 critic reviews. Three of them were positive, nine of them were mixed, and four of them were negative, which when you break it down like that, yeah, this movie is not that terrible. It's just not good. Do you think in 20 years we'll appreciate it? Well, no, because it's not very campy. That's so, fair. like, it's not like it's going to age into, like, this perfect time capsule <laughs> or anything. Uh, but, I mean, it's also, you know, Aubrey Peoples is pretty good. And from the good reviews I found of it, that's, like, they're mostly, like, uh, the performances are good. <laughs> and according to IMDb, this movie is about... A small town girl gets catapult in from underground video sensation to global superstar. She and her three sisters, incorrect already, begin a journey of discovering that some talents are too special to keep hidden. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said something, and that's not exactly what this movie's about, but yeah. But we're going to talk about it anyway. Shrug. So. We're kind of sisters, I guess. There's only two real sisters. By a lot, well, two of them are adopted by the same woman. They're sisters. Both of these movies, um, right off the bat, they're based off of a prior property. Right. We will say that 10 times fast, but <laughs> it's, um, you got Josie the Pussycats, which was a comic book that was then turned into a cartoon? Yes. Um, and yeah. uh, the comic book did get like a huge boost in popularity after the cartoon. Which Josie the character is from Archie, so that's why those char- the those men that are <laughs> credited for the characters those, the, they created her. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have Gem of the Holograms, which is a doll from the 80s that was also a cartoon at the same time. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That's like what they did with uh, Transformers. Oh, they do that with all the toys. Yeah. They create the toy line and then they're like... We have to create a story so kids will buy them. Yeah. Especially if they're original. Like, Jem was original, technically. Right. And I, I don't think Jem would have sold well, given that she's a very Barbie-like type doll, except that they created a fictional band around it, and that was sort of the grab. Nor would uh, she have such a cult following as we see in this goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which we will hopefully get to when we are comparing them but um i just want to blast through like the bare bones plot breakdown that makes these movies similar um you have uh girl band rises to fame instantly which both of the imdb uh synopses say 
Um, they then make a deal with an evil record executive who are both female, by the way, which found interesting. Um, they, uh, they are then transported to a big city, uh, followed by a make-o- makeover montage, which we all love. Who doesn't? <laughs> and then there's a lead singer who's forced to do a solo show and she ends up breaking up a band whether of her own fruition or not um, the power of sisterhood brings the band together there's a subplot in each of these that are then revealed towards the end and then there's a kick-ass concert and the theme of the movie is laid out by a character at the end or right. towards the and end i should say both so, of them are the lead singer for the band and they do it like to this crowd of fans you know what i'm going to disagree with you right there alexander cabot the third tells the says the theme backstage before the concert starts right but josie also does that on stage well, yes. she's like just decide for yourself, and that's like the. Did I miss any like bare bonesy plot points that you had? We'll get to the love story later. Don't worry about that. Okay. Uh, both of the subplots that you mentioned um, involve advanced technology. Um, there is a full on uh, secondary sort of- character in a way. Yeah. Uh, Well, I was going to say, in order to fight against the label, they also have to expose something very corrupt that the owner has done. Oh, I forgot that. God damn it. Um, I'm so so bad at this podcasting thing, even though we're we're still in our infancy. Ah. (laughs) Uh, So why don't we just go point by point with these plots and then mention how they're different. Um, so girl band rises to fame instantly. Yeah. And Josie and the Pussycats, um, they literally pass in front of Wyatt's car at, at, a, at a perfect meet cute movie moment, if you will call it that. Yeah. It's like he, he sees them from the headlights of his car they're playing Paradise by the Dashboard Lights in the background. There's sort Which of smoke so around. Which is good. And it, like, it, to him, he just envisions and then literally picks up an empty CD case and holds it in front of them and sees the CD cover for them. And he's like, that's our next band. Um, meanwhile, Gem and the Holograms, you have... Uh, what's her last name? Jerica Erica Benton. Nope, you have Erica Raymond. Oh. Sees Gem's video on YouTube and they reach 36,000 likes or views? Views. Yeah. 36,000 views, which, you know, in 2015, I guess that was a lot. Uh, Even in 2015, that was impressive for your first video. That was not going to make you famous. Under a million is still not that impressive. Like, not, not to the point where people would be like, based on this one song, I'm going to sign you to a record label. Yes. Um, 
So let's talk evil record executives for a second. Like I said, wait, wait, wait. Can uh, I also just go back to how they got popular? Yeah, we 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 said that. Right, but we left out that uh, with Josie and the Pussycats, their actual popularity is completely manufactured. And it's gonna get to that with the subplot. Shh. But that you just said how they got signed, not how they got popular. Ah, uh, fine. Yes, they got. Uh, like that's the whole point of finding this band is they need to find the perfect band that they can mold into the biggest yeah, band the, in the world. There, this movie's subplot is actually introduced earlier than Gem and the Holograms. Would you agree on that? Uh, it's the first scene in the movie. We we see this subplot start happening before we even meet the band. Right. Where you have, it's subliminal messaging, people. Like, we, we're, we're just going to pull that band-aid off. <laughs> they have um, this evil record company creates subliminal messaging um, in their CDs so that you buy certain products everyone's dressed in the same color they almost go through the rainbow i think they're missing like two colors if i remember correctly yeah they do pink orange blue red they're so they're missing three so they don't have yellow green and purple yeah i don't i don't think so um Whereas the subplot in Gem takes some time getting there. Yeah. Which I'm saying... It's like really a subplot. In Josie and the Pussycats, the subliminal messaging thing is almost... It's almost the plot itself. Right, yeah. It's almost bigger than the main plot. Yes. The only thing... Like the main plot is the main plot because it's the emotional one. Oh, look at you, a movie aficionado. Um, I have a media studies degree. <laughs> please mention that one per episode. Thank you very I, much. Oh, you, you think I won't? <laughs> <laughs> so the let's talk evil record execs for a second. Yeah, I love which them one, both. Which one do you like more, though? Well, obviously, Fiona. Because she wants to be friends with you. She wants to be friends with you. And it's Parker Posey on, like, the top of her game. And she's doing evil laughs. And, like, her plan is, like, pure world domination, basically. But so that she can be popular. I mean, she does an evil laugh off with Alan Cumming. Uh, Alan Cumming. I was also kind of... He's not an executive. He's the manager, right? Yeah. Is that what yeah. we would call him? Yeah, he's the manager, but like he's, he's basically... He's also evil. Right, he's basically Fiona's sidekick. He's the underling right? for her. Uh, and then you have Erica, who's just a bitch. Oh, like, yeah, but she's a pretty great bitch, though. She is, and she really only wants to sign Jem at first, and Jem, during that whole email <laughs> month... <laughs> <laughs> so stupid um they uh jerica fights to get the rest of the band together so um i mean i don't know why she would 
say no to that initially. Yeah, it's it more money right there. Yeah, I, it doesn't make sense to me because they don't ever justify that Jem as a solo artist would be more successful. Right, and then like you save money by not paying for a studio band. Yeah, you have one right there. Yeah. Um, and then the girls move to the big city, which, I mean, it's just New York City and L.A. We can yeah. blow through that one. Makeover <laughs> montage. Again, there's no, it's not real meaty. You know, you got one that's early 2000s cheesy and then another one where Erica is just reading the girls to filth. Right. But that is also where we get a hint that Erica may or may not have been bullied. Ooh. Because she says says the thing about the boots. She was like, I had boots like that and I was made fun of. And you're like, oh, is that why she's bitchy? Is that why she's so controlling? Is that why she wants to like control all of the trends so she can prove to her bullies that she's cooler than them? I think you're also reading too much into that one line. Absolutely. (laughs) But what what is a podcast for if not? Our opinions. (laughs) Um, no, I only bring it up because I was like, I think that was largely a throwaway line, but it does sort of connect her back to Fiona. So then we get to the next point that I have, which is the lead singer is forced to do a solo show. Right. This is really the only real, well, not the only, but like the biggest, one of the bigger differences between these two movies. Right how they are forced to do the show. They're both manipulated, but they're They're manipulated in very different ways. Right. Jem is manipulated because she just wants some extra money to save her Aunt Bailey's house, Uh who adopted her. So long, so melodramatic and complicated. And then Erica basically gaslights her to sign a solo contract in order for her to get an advance, which doesn't make sense. And I, again, I don't know why. Well, she signs a contract without having a lawyer look over it. That's so fucking stupid. Never do that. I don't care if you're a teenager. Never do that. Mm, goodbye, <laughs> teenage listeners. Um. But if you're still listening, hopefully you're brainwashed by us because, like Josie... <laughs> oh, that was um, a segue. But that was out of necessity, though. That wasn't originally planned. It right. was... Um, the other two bandmates were starting to ask questions and in order for Fiona and Wyatt to save face and have the big spectacular concert worldwide with 3d hearing <laughs> or whatever they say. um josie is then brainwashed just to be like hey girls i'm the lead yeah nanny nanny boo boo yeah um and then they come back together uh to perform a kick-ass concert right before that they have to do something that is a little slightly action-packed in Josie and the Pussycats they have an all-out fight scene oh my god that's a little racist but whatever (laughs) and 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 if you find the un the 
unrated, I guess we're going to call it. You hear them curse in the movie. <laughs> that's also the version where in the beginning, like right off the bat, they make a pussy joke. Ooh, racy. Two thousand um, raciness. Oh, that's not for children. Um, and then in Gem and the Holograms, they have to perform a heist. Oh God, the stupid su- the stupid scavenger hunt subplot. Like, I'm over that one. I'm, I'm so <laughs> over it. The they shoehorned that in because okay, I'm gonna jump around. I think we're done talking <laughs> plot for a second. Let's get into more specifics. Okay. Uh, you did mention that technology played a big role in both movies. You right. have the Mega Sound Eight Thousand. Did I say that right? Is that I think right? So. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it is. That's what I have. The Mega Sound Eight Thousand is the machine in Josie and the Pussycats that um, adds the subliminal messaging to the tracks and then is later destroyed by Josie. Yeah. And then in uh, Jam and the Holograms, technology is like a character in and of itself. Because <laughs> not only do you have 51N3RGY, but you have the internet and then you have them cutting to YouTube videos throughout the movie to use as sound for like the heist or the, the steamy uh, back and forth emails between Cherica and Erica. Ooh, they rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So I know before you told me that her name is Erica because the character she's based on in the cartoon is named Eric. Mm-hmm. Yes. It bothers me so much that they named her Erica because it sounds so similar to Jerrica. Why not Erin? I think they wanted to stay true to the Eric sound, but then I don't know. You know what? I'm it, uh, I'm, I'm just, again giving too much logic to this. <laughs> I just it bothers me. You can't have your two key characters have names that are that similar unless there's like a real reason for it. It bothers me. Right. I mean, I guess they figure that you end up forgetting that her name is Jerrica and just start calling her Jem instead. That's true. Which is what people tend to do. And even she did herself for a hot second. That's true. Um, which, you know, I actually say that. Uh, like, the overall theme of both movies is what I said earlier. Uh, be who you are, not what others want you to be, basically. Yeah. So... Alexander Cabot the third says that first, and then Josie proclaims it to everyone in the audience um, while listening to the Kick-Ass concert, which their music is great, by the way. fun takes me right back to middle school love it it's like Avril yeah yeah exactly it's it's I always thought of it as girl blink 182 Ooh, that's good 
Um, and then you also have Jerrica, like I said, going through an identity crisis in the movie. And then at the end, she's just like, we're all Jem. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, world. Yeah. Here's an empty gesture for all your support. It's just, it's so, so stupid. Um, so how many fan service Easter eggs did you pick up on? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, huh. You mentioned, I, you actually mentioned one of the ones that I have. Obviously, character names. I mean, all the character names are the same in both of their right. catalog, except for Erica. Right. Um, I couldn't, I mean, like, I know Fiona and Wyatt are new characters, but, like, that's neither here nor there. Right. Well, in the Josie comics and cartoons, there's not, like, a real villain in the style of Fiona or Wyatt, but their rival is Alexandra Cabot, and they do keep her in the movie, and they explicitly have her say the only reason she's there is because she's in the comic. Oh my god, I love that. Which I want to touch upon that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but they don't they don't have a big villain the way that this movie does. It's sort of an episode, more episodic type of thing. And she's the only sort of like arch rival that keeps popping up again and again. You also have location names. So Riverdale. Which is also, not where they lived in the comic books, by the way. Josie didn't live in Riverdale? No, she lived in a neighboring town called, I believe, Midvale. But didn't she go to school with Archie and all them? No, that is for the show Riverdale. They changed that. <gasps> yeah. um, the she, Riverdale TV show lied to me? Yeah. No, she God. did not go to the same school as Archie in the comic books. She was just... It was like, oh, at this other school nearby, they have the same characters as Riverdale, but they're all gender flipped, and Josie is Archie. Uh, well, like that, was, that was the original concept of the Josie thing, and then they were like, well, let's just focus on the band, and then I think the band travels most of the time, so they don't even really live have a, they have They have a home base, which is somewhere but river riverdale's more so i guess for like the fans of the archie comics as a whole right yeah they know riverdale yeah and obviously if you know josie you know riverdale right because it's mentioned um but you have starlight enterprises and starlight man mansion which are in gem and holograms now i have Fun facts about that. I'll tell it to you now just because it's easier. Um, Starlight Enterprises is run by Eric Raymond in the cartoon, but it's also run by Jerrica. And then Starlight Mansion is the name of her foster house. I also wanted to point out that um, Rio says that the house is like, lit or on fire or something like that which is a callback to the actual cartoon where zipper sets the house on fire just saying go team (laughs) (laughs) and jab of the holograms movie just got darker everyone yeah um and then i have 
They could have just oh. used that though. They could have just raised the stakes on this whole movie by instead of they're scared of losing the house, they need to fix up the house because it's been burned down. Look, we could have done a lot to save that movie, but I'm just so happy for this episode that it, we have what that garbage heap is. I'm going to be honest, divorce from what it's adapted from, it's not a terrible movie. Meh? It's not, ter- it's not terrible. Right. It's not good. And it's not great. I mean, I think it's like one of those movies that if I were like 12 years old when it came out, I would be like, this is fun enough that I'm going to put it on at sleepover parties. Valid. It's not made for people in their 30s and are bitter and jaded to go. <laughs> no. But the, that is the thing that's like interesting about it is why make it a gem movie if it's going to be so different from the cartoon, though? I guess they were trying to also, they may have been also trying to push a toy or a game of some point that was then canceled. You never know with these things. There's some shit. It didn't last that long in theaters anyway. Uh (laughs) Right. I guess all I mean is because this had like a notoriously short theater run. And I've seen movies that deserve a short theater run and didn't get it. (laughs) I I don't think it's fair that this movie gets that reputation when it's just sort of fine. It just sort of exists speaking of that um how many catchphrases did you pick up in gem and the holograms uh i got showtime shows over showtime synergy yeah truly outrageous she oh, has yeah. attitude she has style and then at the end of the movie which is a huge spoiler alert but is the best <laughs> part of the movie when Kesha comes out as pizzazz. She says, our songs are better, we're gonna get her, which is what the misfits sing in the goddamn opening of the TV show. God, I wish they... I wish this movie... Was that. Was was the two of them rivaling each other. That's a thing that I'm also a little tiny bit bitter that this movie did so poorly that it'll never get a sequel because I hate that it ended with a sequel hook because fuck that shit but also that sequel could have been something really fun because it could have been about their rivalry and that would have been like really cool and it also would have been something totally different from Josie it seemed like it was like Mockingjay part one in a way this movie Oh, I just thought of it as, like, Iron Man when Nick Fury comes out and is like, I'm going to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. Like, that's what they were going for. And I was like, fuck you, movie. You're a little more knowledgeable of Josie and the Pussycats. The the cartoon and the comics and all that. Well, I haven't seen too much of the cartoon. I've seen, like, a few episodes here and there, like, on Cartoon Network or whatever. But I have read the comics. Do they have catchphrases? Not really. Um, I mean, the only thing that I can think of... They have of, vocal tics more than catchphrases. The only thing I can really think of is like the ears and tails, which is like their shtick. 
it's right. more than shtick than a catchphrase. Right. But that's like the only thing that I try to lump together. I was <laughs> reaching with that one. Yeah. And I know it. Um, no, the both- only, they don't really have um, catchphrases so much as the thing with Melody in the comic books. Her air, her quote bubbles always have uh, music notes between what she's saying. That's because, so cute. I know because like her whole thing is she's the ditzy, lovable one, so she talks in a sing-song voice all the time. And Tara Reid played her so well. Stoner goddess. <laughs> um, I have no sexy segue for this one. Okay. But um, both movies also changed the ages of the original characters and it's funny because they are the complete opposite as to what they were yeah so um in the original josie they are teens and then in the original gem they are 20 somethings okay and then literally they just flip-flop them yeah yeah (laughs) which okay yeah i mean i'm gonna chalk that up to trends that each of these movies were chasing do you have any more similarities that you want to break down um one that is Uh, similar to what you just said, they both in these movies do have a band name change, which is supposed to be a really important thing, but they're almost the opposite. And in Josie and the Pussycats, it happens at the beginning. They go from the Pussycats to Josie and the Pussycats. Um, And that's sort of like what, part of what kicks off act two. And then in Gem and the Holograms, she's just Gem until the very end of the movie where somebody asks what's the band called and they say gem and the holograms rio says it oh rio oh that's it too okay that's that was gonna be my second that was gonna be my second similarity i have it written down as love story with the beyonce Well, I was going to get to real quick that both of them feature heavily as a secondary character, the manager of the band. But in Josie, it's Wyatt, who was a villain. And in Jem, it's Rio, who's a good guy and possible love interest. Well, yeah. So there's the love story with the Beyonce, where Josie and L&M, like their storyline is a, if not the B storyline, it's the C one. I'm going to say that it only exists because it exists in the comics and the cartoon. Honestly, I kind of wish they just like made it gay and had Josie end up with Valerie, but that's me wanting things to be You know, when you rewrite it for the 2020 people, (laughs) gotta remember, different time period. Different time period. They're all lesbians. (laughs) Ooh. Um, And then... Jim and Rio, like in the cartoon, are definitely dating. But this is like just sort of hinted by passing glances. Right. And then I guess during that scene with um, 
the misfits erica does say that they're together but she kind of says that more as a ploy to get pizzazz to work with her possibly unless you know off camera they're hooking up and we just didn't see it yeah because it's off camera i have like definitely major differences between these movies that i wanted to touch upon do you think you could like speed run through them yes um for a hot second i just want to talk about costumes (laughs) oh oh please in josie and the pussycats it's clearly costumes of the time right all modern there's nothing no callback uh the only callback really is the cat ear headbands and the tails yeah that's it and maybe like you can chalk up Melody sometimes could be because she's the hippy-dippy one. Yeah. But they're wearing T-shirts and jeans, and I'm assuming they probably didn't only wear T-shirts and jeans. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in their Glamazon looks, they're... Um, Destiny's Child. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're of the early 2000s yeah. feel. Um, in Jam and the Holograms, however, they have it, what is then modern, so that's 2015, uh, twist on 80s glam rock. And clearly all their costumes are very um, heavily accessorized. And then they're also wearing makeup that kind of is a fan service as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, especially I'm, I'm picturing Kimber with the very sharp triangles as, mm. as her contour. Mm. <laughs> and then you also have the hair. Um, each character had, had their distinct hair color in the cartoon and in the doll. They're touched upon really only in the concert scenes. Right. Um, well, Aja has her hair dyed, right? Has her hair dyed the whole time, and I believe Kimber actually has the orange streaks in the whole time. Right. I don't know. Well, they uh, did give her, like, ginger hair, but it's, like, natural red. It's natural-looking red hair, but then she's got, like... Orange in yeah. there, yeah. Well, so this um, this is a sexy segue, actually. Um so, Jerrica's storyline is, is the only one that's important in Gem of the Holograms. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, I don't know about Kimber. I, I really don't. I, you see her only when it's important for Gem. Yeah. You don't see her. They have like a line or two that gives you their backstory. Like yeah. Aja said that she was in Juvie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that and came like, out of nowhere. Yeah. They, like, make allusions to Shayna, says things about costumes, so you're like, oh, she does fashion. Yeah, and then uh, Aja's the technology one, which pays off. So they say that at the beginning, and then it pays off at the end during the heist. Whatever. Yeah. I never watched the cartoon. I did read the 2015 comic book that they released of Gem and the Holograms. Um, With the movie? They released it with the movie, other than it being 
modern day instead of it's the title and it's in the modern day instead of the 1980s it has nothing to do with each other and those characters are so fucking fun and they're so great are they teenagers as well no in that one it's like you were saying i guess closer to the cartoon where they're young adults and jerica has like a high position at the yeah she's yeah, which I'll get to in special features. Um, like the only thing that's really similar about them that I think, from what I understand, is different from the cartoon is that Jerrica is like unfathomably shy and has stage fright, and that's why she dresses up as Jem. In the cart in the comic book, yeah, like they make it like crippling shyness. That they that they changed. Okay. That they definitely changed. Um, That's kind of what it is in the movie too. It's not as exaggerated, but from what I understand, it's not that way in the cartoon. No, which I'll get to later. Um, But back to the point that I was making. So Jerrica is really the important one in Gem of the Holograms. All the characters, all the, the bandmates, I should say, in... Josie and the Pussycats have their moment to shine. Right. Um, Valerie has her own storyline about being left out. Right. Uh, Melody's storyline, I mean, she's just there, but like, she's also the innocent one. You know, right. she's the one she, you she, don't want to hurt. Right. She's not, she doesn't have a storyline so much as she just has such a big personality that you couldn't possibly overlook her yeah but like uh, she also she makes certain observations throughout the movie that people are like haha write it off because it's melody and it turns out that she was actually on to something <laughs> like she says something when they meet wyatt she says something about him being lonely based on what he ordered for his coffee and everyone was like haha silly melody but it turns out wyatt does have issues <laughs> And she um, turns out to be the best fighter of all of them. It's true. <laughs> so you you mentioned this m- earlier, and I wanted to bring it up here. So you mentioned the meta moment that Alexandra like I was in the comic. I was in the comic, and then they have they have that one at the end where the FBI comes in and arrests Fiona, and they say uh, we're going to use movies instead. Yeah. Like clearly. They have strong comedic moments with that, and then using the um, the lines from songs to as code. Right. Like, that's funny. Yeah. The push put the Chevy to the levee. Yeah. Um, Jam and the Holograms just takes itself way too seriously because they're running around L.A. with a robot. Yeah, a beatboxing robot who I might add quite adorable. The, it, you're running around LA with a a, a CGI robot like you yeah. could you could whatever. I, I think uh, here's I think Jem wanted to be a both comedy and drama. I just don't think any of the comedy works. No, it just, the drama is the only thing that's stuck. Um, and I wanted to talk about the 
fans real quick. Okay. Now, obviously, we talked about how their um, shot to fame is very fast, and then like one is being subliminal, and the other one is is <laughs> it's supposed to be organic it just doesn't feel organic in Josie and the Pussycats they're all characters in the movie right and they even use like those three girls that are from Riverdale they right. even use like a fisheye lens to portray how crazy they are <laughs> uh, and like weird camera angles and all that yeah. meanwhile they in gem they actually use real fan videos that they were asked to submit which i'll get into further detail later mm. but you can clearly tell that they're talking about the cartoon and the doll <laughs> rather than the fictional band, band in the movie yes uh, do you have anything else to add so this is a difference that I think is just more because trends, cultural trends change from 2001 to 2015. Um, both of them heavily use whatever the dominant platform for music was at the time to help frame sort of the rise to fame and everything. In Josie and the Pussycats, that's MTV, that's VH1, it's TRL, it's behind the music. It's, and it's CDs. And CDs, yes. Like, they actually physically go to music stores. Um, and there was sort of a high barrier of entry into all of that, which is why they, you know, despite their music being really good, they had so much trouble before they got signed. In Gem and the Holograms, it's the internet. It's YouTube. It's, they have, you can right. see the YouTube comments of people talking about how much they love Gem. And that's sort of what helps frame how she gets famous, how the band gets famous. Yeah, they... Uh... It justifies, like, Eric, it's uh, in Josie and the Pussycats, they get signed and then they become famous. In Gem and the Holograms, she gets famous and then she gets signed. If you got young blood, let's We talk these movies to death. <laughs> Uh, why don't we, like, say some fun facts in our segment that we call Special Features. Special Features. We each take a movie and do further research for some trivia or fun facts in the hopes to nerd out with you, listener, and to surprise each other. Um, Shady was tasked to do Josie and the Pussycats. I was tasked to do Gem of the Holograms. Shady, since your movie came out first, why don't you blow my mind? I'll try. Josie and the Pussycats! Yeah. First of all, I do think it's really fun that you call this the Beyonce effect, um, mm -hmm. because... Fun fact, Beyonce actually auditioned to play Valerie in this movie. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she was described by the director as being shy and quiet. Well, she was younger then. Yeah, this was extremely early in her career. And I think this would have been like the first really big thing she did separate from Destiny's Child. They were a huge girl group and everything. And she was the lead. 
but it was a group. She had support the whole time. Yeah, I'm just looking up. Writings on the Wall came out in 1999. Okay. Yeah, so they were... and then Survivor came out in 2001. So she, mm. luckily, luckily she didn't get it, so she can do Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> um, other people who auditioned for Valerie are Aaliyah. They said that she was very thoughtful and serious, which, again, they loved her, but it wasn't the right tone for the movie. And Lisa Left Eye Lopez from TLC. You stop it. I know, I know, I know. I'm ultimately glad they went with Rosario Dawson because she's an actress first. Yes. Um, And like, this was also at a time, Rachel Lee Cook and Tara Reid were huge stars at this point. Rosario Dawson was still very much an indie star. And like, this was sort of her, so to speak, coming out as like, a potential Hollywood star and now she's by far the biggest of the three of them. I mean Sharknado like with Tara Reid. Come on. <laughs> right. Tara Reid's doing Sharknado. Rachel Lee Cook is doing Hallmark movies and Rosario Dawson's She's got, she's got a few things going on. Yeah. Good for her. I mean she has a lot of things going on for her. Um, I also saw that Maggie Gyllenhaal and Zoe Deschanel both read for Josie. Ooh, yeah. Zoe Deschanel, though, I'm thinking of her singing voice, and that would have been so vastly different. Right. Well, I do wonder if if it had been either one of them, if they still would have gone through with this. That's not Rachel Lee Cook singing lead on these songs. Oh, obviously. Right. It's Kay Hanley from the band Letters to Cleo, who had a big moment in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but Rachel Lee Cook, Tara Reed, and Rosario Dawson did backup for, I believe, all of the songs. They also did go to band camp for two weeks to learn how to play their instruments. Um, they didn't learn well enough to actually play for the songs, but they learned well enough to believably perform the concert scenes. So the soundtrack, which I have been obsessed with for almost decades decades now. um, Oh, we can pluralize it. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, It features eight original songs for Josie and the Pussycats, three uh, covers by them, including a revamped version of the cartoons theme song. And then two original songs for Du Jour, the boy band that they replace. Most of the Josie and the Pussycat songs were produced by uh, Babyface, Dave Gibbs, or Adam Schlesinger, who also wrote one of the songs. Um, Wait, Babyface produced some of the songs? Yeah, he produced I uh, one, two, three, four, five five of them you mean the chief (laughs) in the behind the music scene (laughs) yes sorry that i if i stepped on your toes but i just had to say that no that's fine that's perfect yes he is also he also makes a cameo in the movie but yeah so like those are pretty big names uh working on the record for this movie um I love all of these songs. I wanted to read some of the lyrics from the du jour song, Backdoor Lover. Backdoor 
some people use the front door, but that's never been my way. Just because I slip in back doors, well, that doesn't make me. Hey! <laughs> um, so obviously, this movie has lots of jokes that are not for children. It's got those lyrics. It's got the <laughs> jokes. It's got shit, Dale. But uh, Archie Comics um, wanted to preserve the wholesome image of Josie and the Pussycats. So they demanded that there be a scene where the girls are seen brushing their teeth. All right. Sorry, I have to um, quote Grease every then... once in a while. <laughs> All right, so I'm done with that. That's if I went into more stuff, it would take forever. Oh boy, I have a lot. I was tasked with Gem and the Holograms. Synergy in the cartoon creates a holographic images and synced sound effects to turn Jerrica and her band into Gem and the Holograms. Ergo, the hologram nature. Welcome to the 80s, everyone. <laughs> Everyone's on coke. And then um, Starlight Mansion started out as Starlight House and is the foster home that Jerrica owns. And then they own an actual mansion afterwards. It started out as like a, I don't know, like a six bedroom house. And then it turned into like an actual mansion. Mm -hmm. That's really all I got. Um, <laughs> the toy came out, I want to say in like 85. Okay. That's when I think the cartoon started. So I think that's around the time the toys came out um barbie however got wind that gem was being made by hasbro and they released a they released the barbie and the rockers doll like right before gem's release oh that's killer because i totally had those cards i didn't have the doll but i had the video of that yeah doll. they also they <laughs> also made videos and everything but like uh, and that i literally like took from the toys that made us so if you want to find out some shady shit that goes on in the toy world watch those people, that those people are cutthroat you find some fun facts out about toys that you <laughs> never would have thought of. Um, so, Shady, you yes. did mention that you wanted a um, sequel I for do. this one. Uh, John M. Chu, who also directed G.I. Joe Retaliation, allegedly said that there was going to be a crossover between G.I. Joe and Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> oh my god what does that look like <laughs> you know what I have no idea but I'm so happy that that existed um, I'm so unhappy that it never came to fruition do we have time to start a GoFundMe 
<laughs> yes. Uh, the creator of the gem cartoon was not informed that this movie was happening, which is some bullshit. Oh, that's shabby. And uh, the women that voiced Jem in the cartoons make an appearance in this movie, and they clearly have like moments that yeah, I don't know if you picked up on them during any of your watches of it. I'm guessing one of them was the hairdresser. Yes, that is okay. Samantha Newark. She was the speaking voice for Jerrica and Jem. Okay, and then you it, have... it seemed too important that she said pink is her favorite color. And then, do you remember the stage manager at the whatever club that was that I can't remember where she played the guitar and the power went out? Oh, the one where they play that song we like? Yeah. That yeah. is the stage manager for that scene is Britta Phillips. She is the singing voice of Jem in the cartoon. Oh, cool. Um, so I mentioned earlier, they had a whole, John M. Chu and the uh, producers had a whole online campaign seeking actors, creators, and fans to submit videos about them and about how Jem influenced them. And even the extras were cast from these videos so like mm -hmm. the the fans that you see gushing over her i think are actual fans of the cartoon that they hired yeah. to be in the movie did they um, get paid that's another question <laughs> director and creative team asked fans uh to like i said submit these videos and then you see them be cut in there and they didn't realize that it was going to be added to talk about this movie, which caused a controversy and anger from fans, as well as the celebrity cameos are out of tech, out of context sources. Oh, um, no. Chris Pratt talking about dating his sister's gem doll is from an interview that he gave for the Lego movie. Um, the footage of Jimmy Fallon and Alicia Keys is not scripted. That is actually from The Tonight Show. Uh, and they're talking about uh, Jem, and they even sing the theme, which appears, which doesn't appear in the movie. But I guess if you lo look for the clip on YouTube, you can find it. Hmm. And then... <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson's cameo is <laughs> really about him talking about Taylor Swift's video Bad Blood uh, that I think they must have tweaked it to say Young Blood but yes that is that is actually him like on her Instagram talking about it and they pulled it did they not get permission? I doubt it. I mean, this movie had a lot of shady shit going on. I mean, they didn't tell the creator that they were doing this movie. You yeah. think they told Dwayne The Rock Johnson that they took an Instagram post? No. <laughs> I found this on your favorite website, TV Tropes. <laughs> My favorite. And I'm going to, I literally just plucked it and I threw it on here. So I'm going to read it. Several reviews pointed out that 
Jem's fame meant she had no other way to get the money she needed to save her aunt's house besides selling out to Erica. She could have avoided signing the contract with Erica completely and sold music on her own through a music provider like iTunes or monetizing her videos on YouTube um, or and start raising money that way or, or she could have booked shows or raised funds selling autographs, mm. other memorabilia or via a crowdfunding source. Mm. Um, which I believe GoFundMe was around in 2015. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or something like that. Yeah, Kickstarter was around. I think Indiegogo was a thing then. It's also been pointed out that Jerrica and her sisters have access to Synergy, a groundbreaking AI companion who uses technology <laughs> that appears to be far beyond anything that currently exists in the film's world. <laughs> Licensing out this technology to an interested developer or tech company would also have netted them the money they needed to save the house. Like, <laughs> like you want to you wanna talk about redoing this movie? Hi. <laughs> I do love that beatboxing robot. I want one for myself. I mean, I kind of prefer BB-8 over that one, to be totally honest. BB-8? is perfect yes but this is like we're still that's a galaxy far far away this is this galaxy i hate you so much <laughs> you could just pretend to be nice everything in my life would be all right wrapping up the episode yeah. final thoughts you mentioned dream girls as another movie that's Kind of like this. I mean, it's a lot more filled out than either of these movies. Do you feel like that there are any other movies that fit in this mold? I couldn't think of any off the top of my head. The general idea of a group of friends doing something together and one of them being pressured to, so to speak, sell out or go solo or whatever... That's a trope used a lot. Yeah. I mean, like, that's High School Musical too. <laughs> Which is um, also a musical movie. Hey yeah, yeah. Um, but specifically girl bands, no, I can't think of anything. Second question, did we like these movies? Yes, with an asterisk? Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I liked Gem and the Holograms as something I'll probably never watch again, unless it's maybe with one of my nieces, or maybe if, like, I'm having a lazy Shitty day, yeah. Yeah. A shitty day out, and you're like, oh, the remote is so heavy, and I right. don't want to change channels. Right. It's Fine, not I'll like... watch Gem and the Holograms. Right. I mean, I feel like I will actually go out of my way to rewatch Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, always, always and forever. Uh, would, would we watch them again? We kind of just answered that. I mean, yeah, we would. Uh, would we recommend them? So you mentioned this. Because Josie is older, we got a chance to appreciate it more because right. we were younger. Um, 
I'm going to say that I would recommend Josie, um, Josie and the Pussycats to anyone, but I would recommend Gem and the Holograms maybe to a younger generation than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think uh, there's anything any adult is really going to get out of Gem and the Holograms, especially no. if an adult who was a fan of Gem and the Holograms as a kid, this has nothing to do with that. Right. Um, like a tween or like a young teen may like it. Yeah. Um, I would recommend the soundtrack. Yes. Like to people who really like electric pop sort of stuff. Yes, because uh, the band has a few songs, on, have their songs in the movie on there. And you have, I think Aubrey Peoples has a, an a song another song and then there's that Haley steinfeld song that i just run around my apartment screaming every once in a while yeah there's uh, also Haley kiyoko who plays aja is also a pop singer and i'm you know a pretty big fan of her stuff um and she has a song on the soundtrack she does i forgot I, about that right away i was like oh this is one of Haley's songs <laughs> Uh, and then final question, are they actually the same? Now, five years ago, when I saw Gem and the Holograms in the movie theaters, my knee-jerk reaction was, it's the same as Josie and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. And today, in 2020, I'm saying the same thing, even after our discussion. <laughs> it's They have differences, but I think the similarities outweigh the differences, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, to be honest, when you recommended I watch this movie for this pod a few weeks You're ago, welcome. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, the one plot line is the same, but everything else is so different. But then rewatching it again right before this, I was like, oh, shit, these are the same movie. And the things that are different about each of them is just kind of chasing a trend, a specific trend from the time period in which they were each made. Mm -hmm. So for example, Josie is a big broad comedy with lots of bright colors. And that was what teen movies were back then. And then in the mid 2010s, people were getting more to these down to earth coming of age stories that were less of a broad comedy, less uh, heightened reality, and that's sort of what Gem is. Right, like you had the the rise of the YA novels into movies, so that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, even, you know, my initial thought was like, oh, well, they're not even really the same because Gem and Josie have, or Jerrica and Josie have such different personality types, but they have the same arc, so it is still the same thing. Right. Yeah, And it's just sort of that, like, the more assertive and self-assured character was more popular in 2001. And in 2015, people really wanted a down-to-earth introvert. Uh, So that's our viewpoints. If you want to yell at us and tell us that we're wrong about every fact that we just said, even though we stated from the movies, you can find me personally on on the t- 
Twatterverse. I am at Movies John with no H. Uh, or you can look up John, again, no H, underscore watches underscore movies. And Shady, what is your personal Twatter Twitter? Uh, I can be found at Cookie O'Shady. Um, yeah. Yeah, you don't it's, really. it's it's spelled like it sounds. Yep, and there's no hyphens or anything. It's just one straight word. Yep. Uh, or if you want to, you know, have your viewpoints about Jem or Josie uh, read by us, mm-hmm. or, <laughs> or tell us a movie that's the same. Yeah, or even give us a suggestion for another episode. You can. Email us at moviedejavupod at gmail.com. That is M-O-V-I-E-D-E-J-A-V-U-P-O-D at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at moviedejavupod and on Twitter at moviedejavu. That's it. No pod. Um, So feel free to contact us we want to hear from you <laughs> we want to hear from you the fans it's all about we, the fans we want to engage that's what social media is for engagements and unfortunately we couldn't pay fans like they did in these movies anyway <laughs> we don't have subliminal messaging technology anyway i'm gonna pierce i'm gonna like clip onto my earring shady you should do two and on three we're gonna say showtime synergy ready i was gonna say squinch one two three (laughs) showtime synergy Synergy. squinch (laughs)